was driving my car and just super rednecky part of Arizona. Got pulled over, searched with the dog. They found some crumbs of weed. This is not enough weed to fill a bowl. Like just for reference, like it's not a whole lot. And I got arrested. I had to spend a night in jail. They were threatening to charge me with felonies. And I was just in the process of starting grad school. I basically had my entire life on the line. If I had two felonies thrown against me, I might have had to spend like a year in jail. The, the fact that that could derail my entire life and career, it was kind of mind-boggling. From Outside Magazine, this is The Daily Rally. Short stories of resilience in the face of big challenges and unexpected adventures. Today, how a student's run-in with the law spurs him to build a community of activists. After this. My name is Len Nessifer. I live in Tucson, Arizona. I purposely chose to live in the path of a uh, Air Force Base, right in line with the runway. It's the largest fleet of A-10 warthogs in the country. They're great airplanes, I love them, but not for recording podcasts. I fucking love planes. You hear that F-16, like, just going full throttle? <laughs> if I can find a way to move in a way that's engaging and fun through the outdoors, that's what I do. So I do ski, I do bike, I do climb. I've gotten into river rafting and pack rafting recently. I do a lot of work in the outdoor and conservation space. I also run my own company called Natives Outdoors, and we do film and media work, consulting, do a lot of design work, but also just helping build the capacity of our team. We wanted more Native folks to be a part of this industry. I would say I'm driven to create community and that I'm driven to empower people and their full potential. It was December of 2011. I had started a semester at Arizona State University in Tempe. Really unhappy, so I found out I got this full-ride fellowship to grad school, and I decided I was going to go transfer to Carnegie Mellon. I had just wrapped up finals, and then I like pulled an all-nighter, and I was really tired. And my only car at that point was a Subaru Loyal, and I had a temp tag on it. And so I left Tempe, and I was heading north towards the four corners of Arizona. And part of that drive goes through this town called Payson, Arizona. You climb out of the Sonoran Desert to the Mogollon Rim, 1,000 feet to 6,000 feet in like 80 miles. So it's like this huge climb. And I'm in the slow lane with this like Subaru with a temp tag and there's no AC and it's like getting hot. And I roll down the windows and the temp tag had been taped in the back window. So it was fluttering around in the back. You could still see it. And right as I was about to pull into Payson, this sheriff started tailing me and then pulled me over about four miles, five miles outside of town. The sheriff was just asking me a bunch of questions like, why are your eyes so red? Why are you talking like that? I was like, hey man, I'm moving from Tempe and I'm gonna go to P P Pittsburgh. And he just didn't believe me. He's like, well, you're clearly up to something else. And then he asked me, do you have dead bodies, weapons or drugs in the car? And I was like, what, dead bodies? It's like, no man, you can see inside. I, I just got my backpack back here. And he's like, go stand by the cruiser. And then they called a drug dog. 
I had lent the backpack to a friend the weekend before to go backpacking and they had been smoking weed. I didn't know that. The drug, drug dog signaled and I was like, oh shit. And I was just handcuffed on the side of the highway. And they took me into the jail in, in Payson, Arizona, just fully like cavity searched me. It was just humiliating, you know? I got to make a call. I made a call to my mom and I said, hey, this is what happened. Can you find a bail bond? And they couldn't find one. So I spent the night in jail. They were threatening to charge me with felony possession of marijuana and paraphernalia, a DUI, and then also false information to an officer. And I just remember being like, oh my God, what the fuck is going on? It was just a mess. I was never charged with marijuana possession because they put me on a diversion program, but it meant I had to be on probation for a year. The whole ordeal ended up costing like $13,000 or something like that. Like if I didn't have family that had a credit card that they could put money onto and whatever, just like charge this, I'd be screwed. I did have a small savings, but that all got wiped out because I was also having to pay fines and like lawyer fees. It put into stark relief the broader problems within our criminal justice system, how people like myself are overly criminalized, losing that sense of control of your life. It's scary. It's like really disorienting and isolating. I had this over my head the entire time when I was in Pittsburgh. I was kind of this random grad student that showed up halfway through the year. Most folks were really intrigued about me coming from the reservation and like that I was native and no one had met a native person before. For them to like hear that I was like also potentially had felonies, I think I would have become more of a pariah or an outcast than I already felt. For a lot of these hoity-toity academics, it's like so out of the realm of reality. Like the idea of criminal justice and like the effects of racism are just so such an abstraction that I just didn't even want to cross that Rubicon to like begin to talk about that. But one of the things that came out of that is I think it just made me more tenacious. I'm not just going to become another statistic. One of the things that gets levied against Native folks and people of color is that we just take handouts and we just freeload. It's like a, you know, often a very politically charged statement that gets levied against us. And I think for me, my inclination was the sort of rugged individualism of like doing it on my own, persevering. But in that moment, I couldn't do it alone. It was that realization that if I tried to go this alone, I would fail. I need to ask for help. I was only able to get through this experience because I had a solid family unit. I had all of these financial supports that don't quite exist in many parts of my community. And I realized like in order for me to work with other native people in our community, I had to create a company and an environment in which they were supported financially, professionally, just like had people in their corner that's led to the work that I'm doing now with Natives Outdoors is taking away that stigma of being willing to ask for help and to be there for each other. And I mean, for that, I'm grateful. That experience was shitty, but I think at least in, in some regards has made me a better leader of our company and our people. Everyone faces challenges at different points, but it's whether they have people in their corner that come and show up for them that often makes the difference. Len Nessifer is a scholar, adventurer, and the CEO and founder of Natives Outdoors. 
You can follow him on Instagram at Len Nessifer. Also check out at Natives Outdoors. This episode was produced by Patty O'Connell. We want to hear your stories. Please nominate the people in your life who found a way to rally. Go to OutsideOnline.com slash Daily Rally, where you can also see photos of many of our guests. The Daily Rally was created for Outside by me, Kat Jaffe, and House of Pod. The executive producer for Outside is Michael Roberts. Additional production and script editing by Marin Larson. Our audio editors are Kevin Seaman and Benny Beausoleil. And our music is composed by Louis Weeks. We appreciate our Outside Plus members who make this show possible. If you're not already a member, you can join us at OutsideOnline.com slash pod plus. Thank you for listening.